You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, game plan, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another episode of the Go Line Stand Podcast. This is Jackson Caldell. That is Kobe Reed coming to you one day after the playoff rankings have been revealed. And this morning, um, Georgia Tech introduced Brent Key as its new head coach. And um, Kobe, man, how you doing? It's, it's, it's bowl season. Bowl season. You know, the Crimson Tide, we're going bowling. It's It's been a very interesting last week in the world of college football, just seeing the world and shambles and chaos erupting. I told you a while ago, chaos is my favorite thing to see in the sport, and I think we've seen our we've seen our share over the last week or so. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, um, we'll get into all that, recapping championship weekend, discussing the playoff rankings. Um, like always, we'll start off with a little Georgia Tech talk today. Um, like I alluded to earlier, Key was named the head coach this morning, and I know press conferences don't mean a whole lot. Like Jeff Collins had a good press conference, like or a good introductory press conference. Like a, a lot of coaches tend to usually. Um, but he he brought a lot of energy this morning. Really laid out his vision for what he wanted Georgia Tech to be in terms of being physical, being disciplined. Um, he talked about being the team that nobody on their schedule would want to play. Um, I thought the most notable thing was um, he he did discuss Georgia. Kind of at length, a little more than I thought he would. And uh, he didn't – he mentioned him by name, but you knew who he was talking about, um, how he wanted to talk about beating an in-state team, and they will work 365 days a year to do that and to dominate that opponent. Um, and he hoped everybody in that room understood that. And I, I thought that was notable because that's pretty bold because that's going to be bulletin board material for a team that doesn't need any. Like, that. you know, they've – Right now, Georgia is not giving that any thought, but you know when the time comes around, that 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 quote's going to get brought up again, uh, no matter what Tech's record is. So um, that was definitely a bold move by him. But you know, it's I think he wants to set a tone there um, of not backing down and not being afraid of anybody. So I definitely think that that's uh, definitely something notable. Um, in terms of the recruiting front, they sent in a couple decommitments this week. Um, L.J. Green, a corner from uh, Montgomery Prep, Catholic um, at uh, in Alabama, he decommitted. Elijah Douglas from Florida, a defensive lineman, he decommitted yesterday. So <clears throat> they're losing a little bit right now. They currently have 15 commits. It's ranked 62nd overall, 12th in the ACC. Um, a couple weeks before signing day, that's obviously not news you want to hear, but they are – I will say he's working tirelessly to try to add to the class and um, get that going. Transfer portal open today, so you can expect them to be active there. Four Tech players did hit the portal. Uh, Jeff Sims, Nate McCollum, uh, Ryan King, and Jude Kelly, the kicker, are all in there. So we'll see where they end. We'll see where some former Yellow Jackets end up and and, and what kind of players Tech could add. So um, you got anything to add to that before we get to championship weekend? Um, I mean, of course, we'd love to see coaches come in with high aspirations. And I think with Georgia Tech, they got to get some sort of identity in that program. And I hope he is the guy to do it because I remember there was a time where Georgia and Georgia Tech was a game. Like, it was a rivalry. Georgia may have had better talent at times, but it was a rivalry game. Like, you didn't have to worry about 52 to nothing blowouts or anything of that sort. You know what I'm saying? 
And for him to make a go ahead and make a bold statement as in they don't want to see us at the end of the year. I hope he can pull through with that promise, but he's got a lot of work to do. Yep, that's the thing. And like I, I know he always talks about it, like, you know, as soon as I got the job, I went right back to work. Like that's the kind of guy he is. Um I've been a little pessimistic about him being hired, but um and I thought that was notable today. So uh, the president and AD were also there. And there, a question did come up about a report being out there about candidates. We talked about this last week about candidates being interviewed, but backing off because of lack of guarantees in terms of contract money and guarantees and that kind of thing. And they kind of brushed it aside and tried to sweep it under the rug and just kind of move forward. But I, I thought that was notable. Um but so that's kind of our Georgia Tech rundown today. Um, it's going to be nonstop portal and recruiting from here on out. Basketball does have a game against Georgia tomorrow. I'm sure everybody's fired up for that. But um, this is not a basketball podcast, so you're not going to get a breakdown of that here. So, um, <clears throat> man, championship weekend. I said coming into it, I thought the playoff picture was pretty simple. If USC wins, they are in. If they lose, Ohio State's in. And I didn't think there was – even with a TCU blowout, if they were to be blown out by Kansas State, I didn't think there was any much drama. I, I mean, it, it played out pretty much how I thought I would. Like there was, I think, some Twitter drama. I think we all, I think we always do this in the playoff at the last day before the playoff. I think we always like to try to argue, just just to argue. But like, I mean, you saw with TCU being at three on Sunday, um, there there was never any doubt about TCU getting in the playoff. It, it was pretty much set in stone on last Tuesday's rankings when Ohio State was ahead of Alabama, how that was going to get figured out. Yep. So, you know, Utah just rolling USC. I mean, that, that game was yep. just – it was what what, what I've been afraid of in terms of – and I did pick USC to win that game, but all the doubts I've had about USC, that was that game come to life. Like, they they just – their defense can't tackle. They like physicality. That's going to be Lincoln Riley's number one priority. And Caleb Williams did get hurt. I do think that's notable. Like he was hurt running that game. But you got any big thoughts about that? Or um... it's it's more of a testament to Utah, man. Two years in a row now, we've seen them beat a team in the regular season very handedly. Well, they didn't beat USC handedly uh, this year. But beat a team and then beat them again in the conference championship. I, that's a testament to their program, dude. It is hard to beat the same team twice in a season, but good for them. <laughs> one of the reasons I picked them to make the playoff is I consistently, Kyle Whittingham is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Like people talk about bringing all these transfers in, reforming their roster. All he does is do what he's done for what, 20 years now? At Utah. I mean, think about this. He him and Urban Meyer are the only Utah head coaches. It, like in the last so long like that he's been the head coach there since urban meyer took off to florida and yeah. kyle winningham's done an awesome job they're like you just you know what you're getting from them every single time they're gonna be physical they're gonna do what they can and i can't wait to see him play penn state in that rose bowl i think that's gonna be that's a gonna game be a great game there's not gonna be many opt-outs i think either because we've talked about penn state being a team we're gonna watch next year as being a, a potential dark horse and, and and a and a good team to watch next year and then utah doesn't really have a lot of draft eligible players this year that are gonna opt out so you're gonna see a two really good teams going out i think on, on that one but um what do you think about a Kate Klubnick putting on a show and b dj transferring out of Clemson where do you think the future of Clemson's headed Yes, I mean, we can yeah go right into that with the ACC. We both picked Clemson in that game. 
Man, it didn't. It started out kind of how North Carolina needed. DJ had a bad first couple drives. Drake May leads him down kind of with ease to go up seven nothing. And I'm thinking, uh oh, he can't leave him in this game if if they're wanting to win. Did you see the Mac Brown post game where they he said they did not prepare for Klubnik to come into that game? I saw something about that on Twitter, and my initial thought yeah. was like, how do he you basically not prepare? Was- and again, I don't have the actual quote in front of me, so I'm lacking a little context here. Yeah. But the, basically, he was like, "Okay, we just hope they stuck with DJ because we think he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> we were hoping that's our defense's best chance." But I'll say this: it was a great performance by Klubnik. I will point out it's against a horrible defense. Yeah, like I would. I, there was a discussion I saw um, about where North Carolina's defense—they it would rank in the bottom half of the CUSA. Like, there's a lot of CUSA defenses, Conference USA defenses, for, the, for those unfamiliar, that it ranked higher in North Carolina. So, while it's a great job by Clubnick to come into that game and play as well as he did, I'll also – I'm not going to go push my chips in the middle for Clemson next year just because he had that great game. Like, yeah. I still have a ton of concerns about that offensive coaching staff like I had yeah, coming into the year. to fix in this offseason. Because I'll be honest, I don't think DJU is a – top five pick at quarterback. I also just – I just don't think he is as bad as he's looked in the past couple No, years. I think this, I just the don't. Clemson system has failed him. I yeah. Like and, you know, we, we can get into that in a little bit in terms of where we think he could he could wind up. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the Clemson has to be kicking themselves for losing that South Carolina game because if they don't, they're probably in the They're playoffs. in the playoffs. The one-loss conference champ, they're probably in over Ohio State. Yeah, almost definitely, I would think, and um, they would be facing Georgia, which I just don't think would be good at all. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, I guess uh, there was there's not a ton to get from the SEC title game. We both picked Georgia to roll, and roll they did. Um, you had the blocked field goal to start things off, returned for a touchdown. The LSU did respond after that. Kayshawn Butte did take a touchdown, and it was like, oh, okay, what can they do? And then Georgia – just scored like what 21 28 unanswered and it was up 35 to 7 35 to 10 something like that um the game was never in doubt although lsu did put up a lot of yards on them how do you feel about them going for two to try to get the 50 burger try to stop them you got it that's your job to stop them i i you know i remember um i think it was after the floor i remember catching a quote on twitter after florida state blew miami out in that game and somebody had asked crystal ball about florida state going for a touchdown with like less than a minute left he said it's my job to coach them to stop them, and we didn't do that. Like that's the bottom line. Like don't don't sit there. Like and, yeah, like you you can think it's unsportsmanlike or whatever. How about you don't get down by so many points and, and that like don't be blaming Kirby for for doing what trying to get fifty points in the SEC title game. I mean, we saw, we saw the same want. thing with um, South Carolina and Tennessee. I mean, South Carolina's yeah. up; they already got the fifty burger, but two minutes left in the fourth, they're trying to get sixty, and they don't did. sit there and, and harp on Shane Beamer or yeah. Norvell or Kirby or whoever it is. Go, you're getting Stop blown them. out. Like that's <laughs> why you're mad. Like, I have no problem with it. Um, any like I thought there was a chance if uh, Georgia struggled in the game and Michigan just flat out beat Purdue by like 50 points. I thought there was like a – there was a small chance that Michigan could jump Georgia for number one because I do think Michigan probably has the better win among the two with Ohio State, and then they did beat – they blew out Penn State too. So – but that that didn't come to fruition. Once I saw Georgia get up by that much, I'm like, okay, yeah. That, I, that think, I think they wanted to avoid 
they really wanted to avoid Michigan and Ohio State in the semifinal because what's going to make them more money and get more ratings than playing in a semifinal rematch or a national championship rematch? Oh, national um, we, we, we know that, that they we, we can put on our little tenfold hats and, and talk about how um, that they do a lot of this, this crap for ratings. I, I do think they try to get the four teams they think should be in in the final in the, in the end, but I do think they do a lot of this for TV. Um, but – um, in other championship games, I mean, we hadn't even talked about what I think was the best championship game of the weekend, and that was TCU and Kansas State. That was that was a pretty dang good game. TCU jumps in front of them, you know, gets up seven nothing, and you're like, okay, T- TCU's they come ready to play. They're going to silence the the doubters. <clears throat> Kansas State was in control of that game. It felt like just for they were playing the TCU was having to play that game on Kansas State's terms, and then you know, Kansas State loses their top receiver, they lose their top corner, which were big losses. Um, and then Deuce Vaughn just did what Deuce Vaughn does. I mean, he he's – You told me before the season he was going to be the name to watch. That brother – Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I picked this team to get to the Big 12 title game, and it was a large part to him. Um, and I do think um, – just just a random point to, to have at the end of the season that's meaningless, but if Will Howard starts from game one, I don't think it's inconceivable but that this team's in the playoff. I mean, think about it. All three of their losses yeah. were Adrian Martinez played. Yeah. They started because, you know, they lost to Tulane. That was Adrian Martinez. And that loss doesn't look bad because Tulane's a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, you know, the loss – I don't know why they played Adrian Martinez against Texas, especially, you know, Will Howard comes in, has a couple good games, and then Martinez gets healthy, and then they put him back in. And it was clear that, hey, Will Howard's a pretty good quarterback. And then, you know, Will Howard got hurt in the first game against TCU. Um so that was just a point I'll make. I think there's a decent chance Kansas State could be the Big 12 representative in the playoff this year if Will Howard um, starts. And I'll, I'll just on that of random points that could have made a difference in the playoff. Remember what I don't know if we've discussed this. Washington losing to Arizona State like seven, eight weeks ago. Yep. If they don't do that, you have a winner take all with Washington and USC with probably the winner going to the playoff. Because they'd both been that. Wow. 11 and yeah, I 1. Think, I think we made that a point a couple weeks ago. It was like Washington could okay. very well work their way in this. Yeah. Um. So that that was just, you know, what could have been type things. But, hey, Michael Penix Jr. is back. He said he's coming back. Good for next him, season. man. Yeah. Like, I, you're not going to hear me say a bad word about him. I, I, I might just go ahead and hedge my bets and pick him to win the Heisman next year and just make make sure I'm, I'm getting out in front of that so nobody can bring up what I said about him in the past. So he'll definitely, I think, be an early contender for that. But that's for another episode. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any thoughts on Michigan-Purdue? No. I mean, Michigan, of course, they won very convincingly. Um, did they come out and say Quorum is out for the season or is he coming back for the playoffs? Yeah, he's done. He's done. Yeah, I hate that for them, but also I think yeah. I think they could very well manage without him. I mean, clearly we saw that against Ohio State, but yeah, I think that's that's gonna hurt uh, Michigan just because he's so dynamic. Honestly, I hope he he gets a trip to New York. I feel like he should be he, there. He, he deserves a trip. He yeah. definitely should. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, Purdue played that 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 was a close game for a while, man. Like that that was really uh, give a lot of credit to Jeff Brom and and. Um, Purdue, like they always come out when they're underdogs against those big time teams, and he seems to get them ready to go. So you know, a lot of credit to them for finally making it to the Big Ten title for the first time ever. 
So we got our playoff now. Georgia one, Michigan two, TCU three, Ohio State four. Again, I don't think there was any serious debate. Like I think the may, there may have been a point of debate in the room with the committee about okay, should should Ohio State jump TCU? The answer to me would be a resounding no. I mean, TCU has a very good resume that they built all year. And also, um, you can't you can't punish TCU for their only loss in the conference championship weekend whenever Ohio State didn't even play. You can't punish them for that. And I guess that was the point I wanted to bring up. I've seen it get circulated. I think it has some level of sense. Is like USC, I can understand putting them out because they already had a loss. But it's also they had to play an extra game against what is we all know is a very good Utah team. And Ohio State gets smacked in their last game, and they get to back in. That was like my whole that, – that was – again, USC shouldn't have been any – I mean, they they dropped a 10, so, like, they were clearly out of the conversation. Yeah. But, um, you know, I guess as a Bama fan, were you clinging to any realistic hope that, that y'all could jump in or, you know – I, the only, I mean, if the committee just had a sudden rethink, oh, we should put Bama in over Ohio State. What? I mean, I've I've been saying for weeks, TCU wins out, they're in. Um, I think the only way that Alabama could have made it is if somehow Kansas State won by fifty. That is the only way it would because Ohio State was going to get in, like you said, they settled that whenever they put them at five last Tuesday. Um, so yeah, for TCU and USC to lose, TCU would have had to lose by a astounding amount for Bama to get in, but Bama deserves to be out. I mean, their biggest games, they didn't win two losses, didn't even win their division. And then clearly they lost to the winner of their division that just got absolutely waxed in the conference championship. So they did the right thing. Um, I had my fun, of course, trolling, just a lot of my friends, they didn't want Bama in the playoffs. A lot of people on Twitter didn't want Bama in the playoffs. And as they sh- as they should, Bama shouldn't have been in the playoffs. But I I made the case uh, to one of our one of the good friends of the show, Tyler Layfield. I made the case: should Bama be in the playoffs? No. Would I feel like Bama would give Georgia their toughest game out of anybody in the playoffs? Yes, that's probably the furthest where I take that argument. Just just from a talent perspective. They're the only ones that can match up with Georgia head-to-head, player for player on the field, and have a, the best chance of winning. But with that being said, they didn't deserve the win. And I think we saw that in this playoff especially. They're going to put in the teams who deserve to be in. It's not just the four best teams. Everybody can have an opinion about who the four best teams are. But at the end of the day, it's a playoff. If you deserve to be in, you do everything you're asked to do. I feel like you should be in, and we saw that with TCU, and I'm actually glad they kept TCU at three. So I think they handled it right, but it was just a lot of fun seeing a lot of chaos. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And I've seen a lot of people say this would be a perfect year for the BCS to just put Georgia – go ahead and put Georgia and Michigan in. I don't necessarily disagree, although I do think that, you know, say TCU had won that game, then, you know, in a BCS system, they'd be sitting out here in the cold. um, Would they, though? Yes, there's no way they'd have jumped Michigan. Absolutely not. With the the way they took strength of schedule and strength of record into consideration, the Big 12 had a lot of good teams and a lot better teams. Than it would have been close, but I, I feel mean, like TCU could have got that spot. I really do. But did. Ohio State and Penn State being ranked as high as they were, just what because like TCU has a lot of good wins, but like Kansas State being their best win is not as good as those two wins. Yeah. 
Um, and that's the, but you know, I'm I'm glad we we have a playoff. Um, I, I'm I'm glad TC gets a shot. We'll we'll obviously have an in depth playoff preview some point down the road. But I, I'm excited for these games. Um, I think you know. I this I hope this doesn't get misconstrued as Georgia's scared of Ohio State, but I do think out of like Ohio State, TCU, or USC, I do think if you're a Georgia fan, you have to say that's the one you'd least like to play because of the talent level. Um, because they're probably the only team, maybe other than Alabama, that would be less than a double digit um yeah. underdog. Because I think Georgia, if they face in the national title game, I think Georgia's probably nine or ten over Michigan. I would imagine so. But also Georgia practically getting a home game games in Atlanta. <laughs> but I'll say this, Ohio State fans will show up I because it is it'll be a lot more of a neutral site than the Oregon game because Ohio there's a, Ohio State grads do live like everywhere like they, they're pretty widespread out. Obviously, Ohio State's one of the three most recognizable brands in college football, if not top two or something. Some of them, yeah. that's a way different debate for another day. But, um, yeah, that's going to be an exciting game. But, um, yeah, that's our playoff. So, we had some coaching. We've had a ton of coaching carousel moves in the past few days. You know, just this morning we had Scott Satterfield just jump to Cincinnati, and I did not see that coming. I'm sitting there in the Brent Key press conference right before it starts, and – um, that news broke. <clears throat> had Dion take the Colorado job over the weekend. We've had several group of five jobs get filled. Um, Jamie Chadwell's at Liberty. Alex Galesh, the Tennessee offensive coordinator, is at South Florida. Um, and I feel like I'm missing. Oh, Tom Herman's at FAU now. So yep. that was, I think, a pretty big hire. Now Louisville's probably by far the biggest job open. Um, I don't have the current jobs in front of me, but I would think Louisville – is there what was kind of stood out to you about the coaching stuff and the coaching carousel this past weekend? And is there maybe a hire that you're scratching your head about, or is there just one you just really liked? Because I'll be honest, I kind of liked all those hires. I, I don't, I'll say other than this, I don't understand Cincinnati hiring Siderfield, to be honest. Um, probably the biggest one and probably the most notable one is Dion to Colorado. I mean, we've seen a lot of mixed opinions about this. They call him Dion a sellout, love this and that. He's already said he's bringing about eight to ten players with him, his son being one of them. And I would imagine Travis Hunter is also one of them. And there's a viral video going around of him basically telling all the players that are currently on Colorado's team right now, y'all might as well just go ahead and hit the portal if you don't want to be here to work and earn it. And honestly, I think that is the realest approach you can take. And I I respect it. I mean, I think Dion is doing this the right way. I think a lot of people thought just because of his name – and his brand, he could just jump from Jackson State and go get a head coaching job at, say, uh, Florida or at a at another highly, highly prestigious Power Five school. He's doing it the right way. He's working his way up the ranks. And I'm very interested to see where this job at Colorado can take him because we saw what he, he did at Jackson State, all the money he brought into Jackson State. Um, he's leaving them a lot better program than what they were whenever he wasn't there. I think that's huge. And also at Colorado, I think I saw a quote somewhere. They asked the AD at Colorado, how did y'all get the money to hire Deion Sanders? And he essentially said, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He essentially said, 
oh, we don't have the money yet, but we know the money we will bring in because Dion's here and we'll make up for it. And I thought that was the most hilarious thing, but he's, it's right. Dion, he's, he can turn that program around. I feel like he can turn just about any program around. We were talking about him in Auburn a couple weeks ago. It's He has that charisma. He has that connection with the kids. I feel like that's going to be a great hire for them. And it, honestly, it can make the Pac-12 very interesting. Yeah, especially with USC and UCLA about to be on their way out. Like you, everybody's looking to Oregon and Washington to kind of carry the 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 flag now for them. Colorado's gonna have something to say about it now. And like I, I don't know, I'm just trying to rethink this this whole Colorado job now because we've already seen like <clears throat> Travis Hunter's in the portal. I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up at Colorado. Yeah, I I know he said there's gonna be like eight to ten players there, and those uh, like. Are there really eight to ten power five players on Jackson State? I'm not like trying to be rude or anything. I just like because a lot of their line linemen are transfers from ULM. There's one from like Texas State. Like, I don't know. I just don't think that there's there's maybe four or five, but there I don't think there's eight. I think there's a pretty good bit of skill position players that are equal to, if not better, than the skill players at Colorado already. Because Colorado, the recruiting there has not been anything to speak of for a very long time almost two decades it should it hasn't been it so i'm pretty sure him also just not even that he knows what he's bringing in i mean you got guys at colorado they're probably very defeated they're probably very just hey i'm just here i'm getting an nil deal i'm here i'm playing college football i can say i'm playing college football Dion said it himself they're coming and they're dogs and you got to respect it. They're smart. They're strong. They want to play. He knows what he's bringing. So even if it's not a power five caliber guy, he knows he's bringing somebody that's going to work his ass off. And I think that's what you got to do at a program like Colorado. You got to have guys in there that want to be there. You know, and if you're a Colorado, like you take all the risk that comes with Deion Sanders. Like I think a lot of those bigger power five schools like a Auburn or, or somebody else was just like, okay, but if he bombs out, like, yeah, that's really bad for our program. Colorado, who has not been – they've had, I know, one good season that I can think of in my – really in my lifetime, and that was, I think, 2016 when they went 9-3, and 10-2, and two and won the Pac-12 South. Yeah. Made it to the Pac-12 title game and lost to Washington. Um, like, you, you, you take that risk because if it doesn't work out, you're no worse than you are right now. Yep. And, like, I hope people understand that what Dion said gets said a lot everywhere. Like, yeah. that that's not a Dion Sanders coming in and saying that thing like, you're, what were they one and eleven this year? Yep, they were getting like killed just continuously, like just absolutely, just their skulls caved in every week. Yep. Like something needs to be said about that. Like he's trying to come in and set his tone and his culture. So we're going to be talking about Colorado probably every week a lot more than we thought we were ever going to because of the talent. I'm sure they'll pull in, but um, just to touch on the Satterfield news, like. I, so to take this from both angles, from Louisville's perspective, I think they're glad this happened. Like there was, been, there's been frustration with him ever since. You know, I don't know if you remember him openly talking about almost taking the South Carolina job a couple of years ago before Shane Beamer got it, and just almost sounded like he was always looking for that next opportunity to. And I think Scott Satterfield's a good coach, but I'm also, I mean, he never won more than seven games there. I don't think. I just feel like Cincinnati's a pretty good job. I don't think it's as good a job as Louisville, but do you feel that they could have done maybe a better job of getting a coach? Um, Honestly, no, because they're about to make the move. What Are they going to Big Ten? Big 12. Big 12. Yeah, they're about to make the move to a Power 5 conference. 
you need a guy in there that has power five experience. And I think Satterfield, he, he brings that to the table. Um, and I hate it for Louisville because, like you said, it, it's always seemed like he's had one foot out the door these last mm-hmm. couple of years. Um, and you hate to see that. And I hate it for the I hate it for the kids, the players, because you're there because that guy brought you there. You're you're not just there just for him to walk out the door. Um, but as far as Cincinnati, I, it's a good hire. I'm not mad at it because at the end of the day, as of right now, what better options do you have? What could you have yeah. chosen from right now? That was a good option. I've always thought Satterfield was a good coach. Um, since his days at App State, I think he 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 coaches his team well. I think that they get the most out. But I think Louisville players, Louisville fans, were a little wore out by all that. So, yeah. and I'm assuming, like they did the last time the job was open, their first call is almost assuredly going to be to Jeff Brom at Purdue. He played at Louisville. That's always been the rumors. They're just gonna. He said no last time. I would find it hard to say no again. I don't think Louisville's a, a top 15 job in the country, but it's pretty good. Like, they've got money, and they don't put it all towards basketball. So I, But also with the, the state that the ACC is in right now, they're waiting for somebody to arise. It looks like Florida State, they're trending upwards to that taking over that spot over Clemson. Louisville's got players, man. They're in a good location. You, you can recruit. You, they need and to go out and get a job. Yeah. You know, with them, once USC and UCLA get there, there's going to be no more divisions. Do you realistically see when both the Trojans and the Bruins get in there of Purdue being one of the top two teams in the Big Ten? Yeah. If anything, top five. I only like <laughs> Because, like, this year they're one of – because I think actually three of the five conf, Power Five Conference title games matched up the top two teams in the conference, which is, I think, what we're all going to be moving towards without divisions. Yep. We would have had a Michigan-Ohio State rematch. Um, yeah. With that, like, Purdue would have been – they'd been they'd been behind Penn State. They may have been that, that fourth or fifth in line to make the Big Ten title game. So, I think if you're Braum, that's another thing you have to look at. And <clears throat> Louisville's got a good recruiting class. I mean, Ruben Owens, five-star running back, he's committed there for now. Yeah. Now, if Braum turns them down, I really don't know where they go. I don't know what that's, direction they go. I, I I really don't have an answer for that question. I I made this point before. I always thought that was a perfect Jamie Chadwell spot, but he's obviously at Liberty now. Um, so very good hire for Liberty, by the way. Very good hire for Liberty. Um, let's see. Transfer portal thoughts. We've got I think nine thousand kids have entered. Probably That's since so we last talked about it. Man, there's several top. Or I'll say I won't say top. I will say notable quarterbacks in the portal. Uh, DJU is obviously there. Hudson Card from Texas. Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss. Devin Leary, your boy from NC State. He's in the portal now. Um, Man, just what have been your overall thought? Travis Hunter, we've talked about already from Jackson State. He's in the portal. Trey Sanders from Alabama, the former number one running back in the country. He's in the portal. Yeah. Just a ton of big time players um, that they're going to make impact somewhere. Just you know, you want to talk about any of these guys specifically? We already and we've already had one. You know, Phil Dracovic at Boston College. We've talked about him some on the pod this year. He's already committed to Pitt, so take him off the board. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because we've never seen this before. We thought we said the same thing last year with the transfer portal. This year, we really have never seen anything like this before. It's going to be interesting because you have early signing day coming up. You, I'm very interested to see 
Are guys going to sit there and wait to commit till the spring, after the spring, come in during the summer? It's going to be interesting to see, but one of the big names I'm really interested to see is obviously DJ. Because what do you do? Uh, the only credit you have to your name is beating Notre Dame whenever Trevor Lawrence was hurt your freshman year. I mean, well, he was great in that game. He threw for dang near five. That's what I'm saying. So a lot of people, are you're going to have to sit there and ask yourself, was he let down by the system, or does he really have some development issues as a quarterback in college? I mean, where where do you go? Do you go try to find a quarterback guru as a coach? Um, honestly, one of the notable things that I thought is we found out that Anthony Richardson declared for the draft. What if DJU goes down to Florida? I think that's a possibility, but I will say this. My first thought was, okay, he's from California. Yeah. There is a big time team in California that needs a quarterback next year. UCLA. Yeah. Does that? I mean, Chip Kelly did pretty good with DTR in terms of his progression. Like, a, I was down on DTR for a while. Also, DTR was there. He had four years of development under Chip Kelly. Yeah. Um, I thought Washington was going to be a, a player for DJ, but obviously, Penix come coming back changes that whole ordeal. You know, I think one of his. And again, I could be wrong on this because I'm not an Oregon guru or anything. I feel I thought one of his finalists when DJ was a big time player in high school was Oregon. Bo Nix is not going to yeah, be there, so. obviously. That that's a possible. Well, I mean, what about Oklahoma? Maybe go follow. Yeah, you know, because there's a lot of options open, but it's going to be very inter- interesting with him. Uh, obviously, we talked about Travis Hunter a little bit. I feel like he goes to Colorado, but there's been word that he could end up at Georgia, or Alabama, or something like that. If I'm Travis Hunter, I'm staying with Dion. Dion promised his mama that he was going to turn him into a man and get him to the league. I think Dion can do that. When you have a guy like that, yes, you want to win in college. Yes, you're in college to play and be competitive. But when you're a guy like Travis Hunter, you do whatever you can to set yourself up to get to the league. No better person in the world than Dion to do that. Um I'm gonna go ahead and call my shot right here, and I'm I'm prepared to be ridiculed. And I, this is this is just pure speculation on my part. Future Notre Dame quarterback Devin Leary. Imagine. I, I don't know why, but that just seems like a fit to me. I just I, I haven't been able to get the thought out of my head. Like, man, I could see Devin Leary at Notre Dame. And honestly, I'd be perfectly fine with that. With what Marcus Freeman, what Marcus Freeman is doing, the recruiting class they're bringing in. And I'll say that the. the I don't know. We both hyped up Leary in the offseason. Like, I didn't pick him to win the ACC and make the playoff. Like, somebody did. But now, to be fair, I picked Miami to win the ACC, so that's worse. <laughs> but I think that the the chief thing you have to the, the you have to be concerned with with Leary is injury. I mean, he yeah. was at he hurt himself this year. He struggled with injury before this season, so that's a risk. But also, so. at Notre, at a school like Notre Dame. You think Drew Pine is just going to outplay <laughs> Devin Leary? You said so, what? Drew Pine's in the portal. So Oh, man. I didn't even know that. Golly. Dude. Well, see, that's uh, – Notre Dame plays South Carolina in their bowl game. Okay, you know, Tyler Buckner, who started the year at quarterback, you know, he's out for the year, which gave way to Drew Pine. Well, Drew Pine's in the portal, so they got a, they got an interesting quarterback situation for that game. So, we'll, I just – I don't know. Devin – I think Notre Dame will get a QB from the portal this year. And I just – Devin Leary just seemed like a, a fit to me. Well, we can, we can finish off with this. Where – the way NIL is set up, the way the portal is set up, just not specifically talking about a position because I know fit matters and all that. Just tell me – give me your top three 
points of interest, schools of interest for the any guys coming out of the portal, somewhere where you can go to market yourself, somewhere where you can go to get playing time, somewhere where you can go to be a program changer? Oh, the number one answer is easy. It's Colorado. Like, I, I just want to see what they do now because, you know, the biggest selling point on Deion Sanders was, okay, he can recruit no matter where you are, what school it was, is he can get you – Players you didn't think you could get before he can get you nil opportunities you didn't get you didn't think were possible before and he's already shown his work in the transfer portal. <laughs> Excuse me, his work in the transfer portal and through recruiting. So it, let let's see let's let's the proof's got to be in the pudding. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, another school I you know one of the USC is a school I think that's interesting because they kind of dominated portal talk last year. I'm kind of interested to see, okay, they clearly need help on the lines of scrimmage. And you also – you may have – you're going to have to place a guy like Jordan Addison and, and some defensive linemen. So, yeah. I'm interested to see how they do that. Um, I'm interested to see schools like Alabama, Ohio State, <clears throat> and Georgia – do they possibly go after a quarterback? I don't know that they do now. Yeah. But, do, you know, there is going to be another transfer portal window. You know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Stetson Bennett are all gone. And they could just say, hey, whether it's Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, or one of the freshmen coming in, uh, Ohio State's got several highly rec- recruited players. Georgia has Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, Gunnar Stockton. Maybe they just promote from within, or if you know they they feel they need to go get another or another quarterback to come in and compete. I think that's going to be interesting because the top three in terms of high school four and five star talent teams in the country all are going to have new quarterbacks next year. So I think that's something to watch. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think one of those teams that you just mentioned, I think, would dip their toe in the portal a little bit is Georgia. Because I don't think they have a quarterback commit in this class. Alabama has two. I think Ohio State might have one, and they already got a true freshman there that can play. Um, but, yeah, Georgia, I think they could dip their toe in the portal a little bit and go find a quarterback because I'm pretty sure you're going to have somebody transfer. Uh, word has told me that it's probably going to end up being Brock Vandergriff. Um, pretty sure the writing on the wall there is if they don't get anybody out the portal, it's going to be Carson Beck and Gunnar Stockton's battle. Um, but maybe if they can go out and maybe get a Drake May or somebody, I don't see Kirby just denying that option, you know. And that's the thing. That's I just wonder if there's some other big, big time quarterback. Because you know, I think DJU, Devin Leary, and Hudson Carter are good, yeah. solid college quarterbacks. But if you're Georgia, you're not taking somebody that's just gonna be okay for you. You and again, Drake May's not in the portal, but I think we floated his name as, you know, what if he did that? You know, he's not at a school that's probably going to contend for the national title next year at North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting to see if he did that. But it's going to be a crazy month of December. We've we've said it all off season, or we've said it all, all, all season. We're closer to the off season now. Um, we'll be having bowl previews and everything come out when those bowl games come up. I'm excited for bowl game season. Kobe, you got anything before we get out of here, man? No, man, it's been a great regular season of college football. It's been a great regular first season for the Goal Line Stand podcast. We had an awesome time for those of you that listen consistently. 